It's not like he listens to the show, so it's <laughs> This will be the one. <laughs> oh, it's oh, a table. Alright, now, uh, Hold open. Okay, we're back. What are we waiting for? <laughs> I don't know. Is that moment of talking about the lights. Even if you could cut it, I don't care. Don't cut this part. I'll fix my desk. My desk is too low. Why is my desk so low? Oh! Should have been ready! Yo, can I, hey, can I level with you? It's me, the beast from Lagoon, and I got a message for you. It's the creature from the back lagoon. Why's it gotta be black? <laughs> okay, alright. <laughs> uh, it's 2020, you can't say shit like that. Well, yeah, that's what he's getting at. Oh, but this episode's coming out in 2021. Maybe you can say shit like that. Man. No, no, 2021 right. doesn't change anything. That's a good point. There we go. There we go. There she is. Everyone's like, oh, this year's coming to an end. We survived it. And it's like, yeah, why do still you got think, next year to why start. Do you, why do you think the number changing on the calendar is going to change fucking anything like, about how terrible guess your what? life is? The year rewrites itself. No more COVID. No, COVID comes out with four more strains and turns into a completely different biological menace. Yo, fuck Britain. <laughs> All your British... Close your doors. British viewers you have, fuck them. <laughs> fuck you for making a new strain. <laughs> they combined it with tea and crumpets and it got pissed off. Oh. He's excited, folks, because we're here... We're here to read something, something special today. I just didn't know if you wanted to start off by talking about anything. Yeah, so, um... Okay. <laughs> okay, that's that's fine. That's what you get when you cross me. That's okay. This is episode 197. <laughs> I'm here with Terry the Tickler. This is, a uh, it's, it's, uh, post-Christmas for a little post-Christmas meet-up and cuddle. Uh, we're, we're here to, uh... To read some new stuff, this one is coming from uh, a fan of ours named Jamie uh, Star for for those on SoundCloud. She told me about so so okay. People know from the the title card, from the title of the episode, what we're doing, and what you know. I gave you a choice, Terry. Mm. I, I came to you a couple weeks ago. And I said, <laughs> "We're approaching uh, your oh god." Yeah, that sounded painful. Uh, We're approaching your episode before 200. I was giving, like, my, my best people kind of countdown episodes towards 200. And um, I gave you a choice. I said, do you want to read more Slenderman? Or do you want to read more Jeff the Killer? And because my Slenderman and stories... I said... And because my Slenderman stories don't really... I, I can't even confirm whether or not they have anything to do with Slenderman... He picked Jeff the Killer. And I think it's interesting because when we read Jeff the Killer, I'm going to go ahead and say a hundred and... 
60 fucking episodes ago. That was probably like episode two or whatever. Or the second episode with me. No, was it, was that, the first? it was episode 30. Was it? Yeah, we did a couple before he did that one. Um, like, you're, you're, Hagrid, don't come in here! Hagrid! <laughs> Even that was before Jeff the Killer. Um, yeah, we, we read Jeff the Killer a long time ago, because I knew it had to be something we read and got out of the way quick, because it had such a cultural movement behind it, it had an understanding, it had a fan base already, I wanted to get big names out of the way, which is why in the first hundred episodes, we got, like, high-profile shit out of the way. Slenderman, Candle Cove, Russian, Russian Sleep Experiment, No End House, fucking Search and Rescue Stories. Like, we, we got all that shit taken care of. Ben Drowned was even episode 100. Wait, did you do the rake? Uh, episode 80-something. Okay. Yeah. So, we, we got all that shit out of the way, and then we, here we are, like, 100 episodes later. <laughs> fucking happy feet, dude. <laughs> happy feet. It's <laughs> my favorite movie. It's favorite movie. You've got happy feet. And I wanted, I wanted to take us back. You know, getting towards two hundred, I've been telling myself like, we can go back. We could revisit the earlier vibes of this show, where when we were much louder, much higher, and didn't care as much about what we were reading. And I just wanted to dabble in this new concept that Jamie sent me. And apparently, the idea behind this is that someone remade Jeff the Killer. You know, like, if if the first Jeff the Killer story we read was from the early 2000s, yeah. then a good 15 years passed and someone said, I'm going to rewrite this, hopefully, to me, well. Yeah, the first one wasn't even that great. No! No! Jeff the Killer is is scary because of the image. Yeah. Jeff the Killer is not scary because of the story. We read the story. It was bullshit. Mm -hmm. It didn't make any sense. It was stupid. <laughs> His brother leaves. A kid gets bullied a couple times and decides to fucking maim himself and take on the, the fucking, like, pseudonym of a killer and for some reason murders everyone. It's like, it doesn't make any fucking sense. It's it's a really bad, like, joker. Yeah. Like, someone was trying to do, like, a really bad, like, know how I got these scars story. And that's where, that's where Jeff the Killer came from. And I just remember seeing pictures, like, when I was in, like, college. I don't remember anything about Jeff the Killer before then, after then, not much. Um, but Terry the Tickler and I read Jeff the Killer... And apparently there's a new Jeff the Killer. So I got him back and you know we've been we we haven't been doing much but playing stuff for the YouTube mm -hmm. recently. Um, playing some Phasmophobia. Terry the Tickler's been there on several of the episodes. And uh, you know, there's there's gonna be more of that. Give that a shout out, check out our YouTube. But today we're diving into Jeff's Jeff's hole. We're getting in. We're Whoa. we're go, we're diving into Wait, Jeff. Hole up. That's just like that other story we just read. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't talk about that story. Nobody uh, will know about that story. No, they'll have to wait two weeks. Creature for that story. from Black Lagoon. 
<laughs> Thank you. Is, is he on the show now? Yeah, yeah, he's he's the third member. Put him in the corner, but like tiny and minuscule. So like, you have to listen to it first, and you'll then notice it. He just says his name. Hi, I'm creature from the Black Lagoon. Hey, it's me. I'm the creature from the Black Lagoon. Let me tell you. Come on down. Come on, Come on down, down for a visit. Out. We have golf courses. We Is got by Jerry Seinfeld. We got <laughs> George. Come on down. There's no Jerry. reason to not come. Jerry, I need to help me hide the body. <laughs> oh, George. <laughs> Newman. Jerry. That's a franchise that deserves to get rebooted. And I'm not talking about Seinfeld. I'm talking about Creature from the Black Lagoon. <sighs> Why Lagoon. are you talking about Seinfeld? Uh, you sure as hell know Jerry Seinfeld probably would never return to it. Neither would Larry David. Yeah, that's a good point. Come on, everyone wants what? The last season? The final episode or whatever it is? I don't even know what the lore behind Seinfeld is. I never watched it all the way through. I've only caught episodes here and there. Yeah, I never cared. It was that show as a kid that I always saw and I'm like... This is too adult for me. And then as an adult, I'm like, I just don't care. <laughs> it's just not funny. But it is funny. It's, it's really funny. It's funny in its own right. It's really funny. It's just I don't I don't have the time for it. I think Curb's better. I've been watching my animes. Yeah? How many anime titties you see? I'm not... I don't watch those types of animes. Well, you're not watching real anime. <laughs> That's not true. You're not watching the real stuff. I watch... I watch Shonen's... Oh, yeah. Anime titties. Alright. How many lolly characters have you encountered that are like, I'm a thousand years old. And that justifies everything the internet does to me. I <laughs> don't deny it, you know this is true. I don't know I don't know. I don't even know what that means. Oh, you'll know. Are you talking about like like Rem and shit? <laughs> like why those types of characters? Nah, Rem Rem's waifu, man. Rem's waifu material. Okay. Hell yeah, Rem's the best. Who's lolly material? Um, well, if you know Rem, then you watch that, right? You watch ReZero? ReZero? I've, I've dabbled. Um, how far? Not very far. Okay. I um, told you, I literally just got Crunchyroll. <laughs> and it's mostly because I rewatched all of Attack on Titan in like three days, and it like warped my brain. I like. I started. To ha- I started to have three. like dreams and, and nightmares about Attack on Titan. I know some I now crazy have, like, a shit new... happens. Oh, I've 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 caught up to the manga. Oh, I know really? where the manga is. Okay. So I'm I'm ready for it. Um, it's wild. For me, it's like what Game of Thrones should have been. You uh, know. You mean Aaron Yeager doesn't come flying in on a dragon and goes, hmm? I'm every kill idea, for no reason. Every ideal that I spouted since the beginning of the series, now I'm going to change in one fucking second. It's funny, because he kind of does do that. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry to spoil that for you. <laughs> he kind of does come flying in and say, you know what, maybe the Titans aren't the bad guys, maybe it's people that are bad. Well, that's, that's and he's not abso- He's absolutely too. correct. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, once you find out that the, the Titans are people, your entire perception of them changes. So, you know, it's, it's, it's weird. Um, but no, I've been watching... Um, I rewatched all of Mob Psycho. I rewatched all of Attack on Titan. I turn you off. Nope. Oh. He's rubbing the nipples of my creature from the Black Lagoon. African American Lagoon. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Mob Psycho's great. 
Mob Psycho's fantastic. Oh, uh, you watch One Punch, right? I watched One Punch. Um, Tornado, or whatever her name is. Hurricane. Green-haired chick? Yeah. She's a lolly character. She's a lolly character. So they look young, but they're much older. Right. Yeah, it's what drives the she's like in her She's like in her 30s or 20s or something. Yeah, but... but she looks and sounds like a 12-year-old. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. The, yeah. the common trope is, uh, oh, I'm over 10,000 years old. Then why do you I look like you're twelve? Appear like a 12 yeah, I just okay. I choose to appear young. All right, that's fair. Yeah, that no, I watch animes for the stories, and I know that's hard to believe, but like, <laughs> you look at something like Promised Neverland, and you wonder why all the characters' chins are so big, and then you're like, nah, it's for the story. Just watch it for the story. The story's fantastic, so just you know, just focus on that. Don't focus on how big their chins are. We 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 gonna sit here and talk about some Promised Neverland? fucking love Promise Neverland. Yeah, I got all the mangas. Do you really? Yeah. I, I have no idea about the manga. Oh, the manga's great. I only watched the first season, I would say, a year or so ago, and I just rewatched it. I'm pretty sure the first season falls to the T of the manga, I think. That's what Goblin Slayer was like. Not Goblin. Also oh, Goblin Slayer is just like the manga. Also watched that. Um, Reincarnated as a Slime is just like the manga. It's on my list. It's fun. It's fun. Uh, I like the characters. It's not great, but it's fun. And I am good action too. I'm also I resumed I resumed my watching of Shippuden. Oh Jesus! Because I I wanna I wanna I wanna get to when it's good. It was good for a while, and I want to get back there. I'm and assuming that's the Green Ninja War. Is when it gets good. Well, back when they bring the Uch- Uchiha's back in, and and the you know the the death the death squad of. Mm. Of the cloud ninjas, like okay, I want, so I want to get back. I want to get back to that shit, but I know that I'm I'm nine hundred episodes behind, so I gotta I gotta work my way up there. I, I I started One Piece. Oh Jesus! I started One Piece because I want to know what the hype is about, and I One Piece is good. It's just I like it, it gets, but it's like you know this is gonna probably generate it's all flack over the that place. people love One Piece because you know it's got a fan base, but like I think it gets better when the animation quality jumps up. Oh, okay. I'm saying, like, after episode, like, I don't know, 600, maybe? I don't know. Sure. The time skip, I would say, is probably when it gets really good. Sure. But then you miss all the, you know, stuff that happens that causes, you know, character changes right. and such. Right, that's the difference between watching Naruto and watching Shippuden. Yeah. Like, like, I loved Naruto. I loved the, the kind of Hogwarts-esque school of, of kids learning their ninja powers. Like, I, I, I really appreciated that. I don't think I would have liked Shippuden nearly as much, you know, them coming back three years later, yeah. almost appearing as completely different characters. Yeah. I don't think I would have liked it as much if I didn't know where they came from and what they were like when they were younger. So I, I do think it's important to watch everything, including the filler, I, yeah. I'll say that, at least for your first watch of, of any big franchise. Sir, well, you know, in all honesty, you could skip filler, though. Filler has no effect. Like Bleach, Bleach is a, uh, you know, is an up and down series in itself, but like you you skip the bounce arc and you're good. The rest of the filler is kind of all right. There's another arc that's really fucking bad. Really, you just watch one of the fillers, and that's the Zanpakuto arc, which is like awesome. Bleach that's is also it. on my list. Have have never, have never dabbled in Bleach, but but always Bleach is uh, always finally liked, coming back to be finished. So. Liked the idea of it. I liked so. it. It was fun. 
Yeah, I'll finally get there at some point. I added a bunch of random shit to my list. Uh, so. Add Kjo to that list. K e i j o. K e i j o. Yeah. I feel like you're joking. No, I'm being honest. I feel add like, it to your list. What's it about? <laughs> Tell me. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> it may or may not involve swimsuits, and it may Great. or may not involve butt battling. All right, I told myself this when I got Crunchyroll. I said I'm not gonna watch anything that's about kids trying to get along and have their like social lives. Oh god, dude! Don't and, don't and trash slice of life. I, I love hate, slice of life. Fucking hate that. I shit. love slice of life. And my number one genre of anime, and this is gonna come romantic to bl- is fucking oh, otaku shit. I love romance animes. <laughs> They're Fuck so up. heartwarming. <laughs> I mean it. I'm sorry. Oh, I love them. I could just see you like with a box of tissues, like at three o'clock in the morning. Oh just, no, no. Just being like, oh. I oh, said I love them. I'm oh, not she, gay. She loves him. It's so beautiful. It is. <laughs> so. I'm crying. It's so good. <laughs> Oh, you gotta give Sam a shot. Toradora's a fun one. I don't know if I do though, because I like, I like high octane fantasy. I like, I like supernatural shit. I like horror. I like, I like fiction. <laughs> so you throw me into something nonfiction. Oh. Okay, listen, the the uh, no, <laughs> even that has fictitious elements to it. Watch. I'll say your name. I was like, oh shit, that has time displacement. That's supernatural. <laughs> it's like, fucking. Yeah. Watch, uh. <laughs> watch Food Wars. Food Wars? Okay. Food Wars is the tits, yeah, no. man. Food I Wars... mean, there's some clothing getting blown off, but like, Food, Food Wars... Wars is the tits. No, you and I have talked about Food Wars before. I've watched several episodes of Food Wars, and that's just because my friend at the time was watching it, and I was like, okay. Whatever. Oh, I'll give it a go. <laughs> it was, I don't really uh, care for it, though. <laughs> it, like, yeah, no, I stopped watching after season two. There's so. been an anime I've been looking for, and hopefully you can help me try and locate it, because I haven't I haven't Googled it yet, but I was hoping that it would be on uh, Crunchyroll. Um, Is it Escaflown? It's about... No, I don't know the title. Oh. I'm, I'm going to describe a show, and I'm going to hope you can help me. A village surrounds a giant hole in the ground, and everyone has, like, dreams about the hole, but, like, they know that they're not supposed to go down there, and every once in a while, someone goes down there and comes back and is like, oh, it changed me, you know, like, there's a different world down there and shit, and it's all about, like, these kids who decide one day that they're just gonna be like, oh, I wanna go investigate the hole because we don't we have a shitty life up here on on the top floor are they kind of cartoony looking i think so are you thinking made in the abyss i think that might be it i don't have my phone on me but i'll look i'll look it up yeah i think you're thinking made in abyss because it's a fucked up show yeah made in abyss Uh is it in crunchyroll it's it's either on crunchyroll or hulu this one Look familiar at all? Is it about a big hole in the ground? (laughs) God, I don't fucking know. I know it's just fucked up. Okay, so you haven't watched it. No, I just heard it's really good though. I don't know. Someone suggests that looks like a big ass hole. Someone suggests oh, that does look like a big ass hole. Is it that big ass hole? It is a big ass hole. Look at that big ass hole. Oh. Oh, that's why it's fucked up. Because it's a big asshole. It's 
It's frowns. <laughs> he is a power bottom. So, mm-hmm. I I was suggested that from my uncle. He told me to, to check that out. And he said I would like it because I liked Promise Neverland and Finland Saga and shit. Oh, you so, watch Finland Saga? Hell yeah. That one. Finland Saga was fantastic. You haven't watched Finland Saga? That's the fucking, like, Irish one, right? Uh, Not Vi- Irish. Viking. But it's, yeah, Viking. It's Celtic. Yeah. Um, really fucking cool. Really, really great animation. Well, that's enough time <laughs> nerding out on shit. I, uh, I feel like we've, we've talked a little bit about, about anime, and I feel like that's, that's good, because I wanted to talk about anime. I needed some new anime <laughs> in my life, you know? And I've been staring at the faces on my, on my desktop for far too long, so let's, let's so get... So you want to make them let's get anime reading. characters now? Let's get reading. Actually, actually... Punxsutawney Trills is the closest to, like, anime that I have. Is it because he's little, Asian? Yeah. His squinty fucking eyes. Anyway. So, we we are gonna... We're gonna... Look how fucking long this thing is. Yeah. We're not... We're gonna read them in sections. Yeah. They, they come out as chapters. So we're just gonna read chapter one. Um... You could find this on Spin Pasta for free. The, the guy did publish these as a book... Uh, the author he did kind of publish these as individual novels. You can you can buy them on Amazon. Any any ebook readers, any stuff like that, you can purchase these stories. But he did release it all for free originally online. Um, I picked up this entire download on Spin Pasta, and uh, we are going to read the Jeff the Killer reboot. And I specifically picked up the 2015. So, five years ago, Director's Cut. So, this guy really went back in and, and, you know, went all out with this shit. Top Gun from the top. (laughs) (laughs) Hit me with your Monica Davenport. Yeah. um, Don't do it, Chief. It's just too risky. Monica Davenport urged following behind the slow, sweaty man waddling before her. Monica! (laughs) If I told you once, I told you a million times, you don't let chances slip by in journalism! Benny Rosenberg, sounding exactly like Monica Davenport, (laughs) editor-in-chief of the NOLA Watch New Orleans, right? That's what New Orleans, Louisiana... Watch replied. Holy shit. Sir! (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) Uh, you know, yeah. No, we'll stick to this. He's a disturbed child! He killed his parents! If you really believe he'll sit down and talk to you, then you're as none as he is! Monica retorted. It's a slight difference in voice. (laughs) Benny stopped sharply, almost causing the small woman to crash into his flabby, moist back. Okay. He turned to the left and, with some obvious effort, moved around the desk of his cramped office and landed in his chair. Monica waited for the inevitable crash, as she was quite sure his chair couldn't take much more abuse. However, it held. One of the jokes around the office was that Rosenberg's chair was made in the future and shipped back in time just to support his ass. They joked, but never to his face. The Nola watch was small, underfunded and barely in business most months. 
It started as a small college paper at Tulane University and grew almost overnight in popularity. The Tulane students thought that perhaps they'd create the next Facebook, only in print form, don't know how that works, and quickly went to work trying to legitimize their little college rag. A year later, it had actually grown, but sadly, it had grown too fast. They hired Rosenberg because he was a veteran in the New Orleans journalism world, but due to a heart attack, he had been forced all but to retire. Large papers like the Times-Picayune or the New Orleans Advocate wouldn't hire him due to his poor health. However, when the two college whiz kids reached out to Benny about working part-time, he volunteered to do it under one condition. He'd be allowed to run it his way, which makes your voice make even more sense. <laughs> they agreed, and now Benny was the head man behind a small paper that barely qualified as a tabloid, as, like so many internet successes, had begun to die out almost as soon as it went public. Monica, they were doing good. Monica, not anymore. Monica was Benny's assistant editor. She was fresh from college and eager to learn and make her name in the world of the print. I thought I was going to say, in the world of the printed world. I was like, what a stupid way to say that. <laughs> in the world of the printed word. She grew up reading Rosenberg's editorials, so when she was given the chance to go work for him, she jumped on it without hesitation. Now, though, she'd begun to worry, mostly because they sound the same. <laughs> the notion of it is making it funnier. Chief! I still think you're nuts! But if you see something going through with this, at least let me come with you! She begged. Oh, so sweet that you care! Rosenberg replied. You know, Monica did care. I should have given him a fucking what's his name. Oh, God, fucking Mario. Mario? Yeah, from the movie. Bob Hoskins? Yeah. <laughs> hey, Luigi! <laughs> Shit, you're right. Still the same voice. She liked the chief, even if he was a loudmouth glutton that smelled like moldy onions by midday. Okay. For all of his loud tantrums and arrogant views, she knew that he cared deeply about the news. He also hired her for a job that she was hardly qualified for, and had no past experience in, so she owed him that too. However, she also wanted to be there, if it was true, if he was going to show up and talk to Rosenberg, break the silence and actually give an interview. Monica wanted to be there. It was selfish, sure, but it was the career that she hoped to one day set in trends quick comment on this right now he said he come do he volunteered to do the work for free right i think so but he just gets the run of his way yeah so he hired her yeah and you're getting paid nothing just yeah, like, like that's, me. What I'm, uh, that's what i'm confused by i mean unless he's just got money to give her i guess but still <sighs> hey chief what if he attacks you Monica's got a new voice now, because, yeah. you know, the Mario Luigi thing's in my head. Yeah, now you're doing the I mean, Luigi voice. you've seen the pictures of his family, and he's killed at least one other victim that we know of. Could be more. Just let me come with you. Monica demanded again. <laughs> he's a kid, Monica, 15 years old. Probably scared shitless every night. He wants to tell his story, and for God knows what reason, he chose the NOLA watch to be a sounding board. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> no way now I'm turning that chance down. Covered stories in Kosovo, Kuwait, hell, even Iraq. Back when that shit first kicked off, you really think I'm gonna turn tail and hide at the sight of teenager? Oh, Jesus Christ. Do you want me to take one of them? No, I'm good, man. <laughs> he's not just any kid. He's crazy. Now she's just more Italian, I guess. <laughs> who knows what's going through his head? To stab your own parents to death? I mean, who does that? Lie on Eric Menendez. Oh, this is an easier way of doing his voice now. And believe me, every reporter in this country was climbing over each other to interview them. Rosenberg replied in a matter-of-fact tone. Yeah, interview them from behind bars. This is different. Jeffrey Woods. <laughs> I like that. As <laughs> James Woods' son. Yeah. Oh, fuck James Woods. Has <laughs> been on the run for two weeks now. The cops can't find him, and all of a sudden you get an invitation to meet him for a sit-down. She's <laughs> just straight up Jewish. <laughs> Something about this feels wrong, Chief. Very, very wrong. Monica answered. That's why you're gonna call the cops if I don't text you every 20 minutes, telling you that I'm all right. The chief replied. If I were there, she began, but again, Rosenberg cut her off. Oh, Jesus oh, Christ, Jesus. he's saying a lot. <sighs> Listen, you're going to be a great reporter Sunday, Monica. <laughs> I don't know what that's turned into. You'll be the next fucking Katie Couric. But you can't get there if you're dead. You think I'm stupid? I know this kid is nuts. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't, you know what? Fuck it. He's, he's multiple personality, man. Okay. I've read all about him. Jeffrey Woods, better known around the world as Jeff the Killer. I really wish I'd been one to give him that nickname. As it's taken the damn world by storm. USA Today got the jump on giving him that title, though. So bully for them. Bully. Bully. <laughs> Bully. Bully. But you specifically told me to come alone. If it's in the note we found, you know that as well as I do, chances are if he gets spooked, that's when he'll get dangerous. I'm going to go alone, meet him, hear his story, and then we can put Nola Watch on the map. I'll even let you take lead editor on it. How's that? Monica looked down at the note on Rosenberg's desk. It turned up a day ago, just slipped in with the mail. No one currently outside of Rosenberg's office knew it even existed. This Jeffrey Woods had, for some unknown reason, reached out to Rosenberg to tell his story. Maybe it was because the NOLA watch was such a small paper. Maybe he'd read something in the watch that he really liked before he went nuts had fond memories. Or maybe he had randomly selected the watch and just went with it. <clears throat> he was crazy. So who could tell what his reasons for anything were? The note reads as follows. To Benny Rosenberg, editor of NOLA Watch. This is Jeffrey Woods, known on the cover of every single newspaper as Jeff the Killer. I will be at the old fireworks tent on Bayou Road in Mandeville for one hour at August 18th, on August 18th at 8 p.m. If you want to hear my side of the story, come alone. Only you, Mr. Rosenberg, be on time, Jeff. What if he's not on time? 
I'll kill him. I'm guessing. <laughs> what do you think he chose us? I'll give him a big kiss. Monica asked. Monica asked. <laughs> Why do you think he chose us? I don't know, but he did. This is a once-in-a-lifetime story, and I have to go out there and get it. You know what? He's country now. It's fine. <laughs> okay, fine. I can see that you made up your mind. Will you at least bring a gun or something? She asked. I'm a little Smith & Weston point .38. Although I don't need it. This kid is to range. He wants to be heard. <clears throat> and that is exactly what I'm going to allow him to do. This will be a soft interview. Soft. 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 Just a tape recorder and a fat man with a bad heart. Super easy. <laughs> He'll get his chance to have his little confessional. And I'll get the chance to make the NOLA watch a real newspaper. Everyone wins. What about the police? Shouldn't we just let them know they can arrest him and end all of this? Yeah, like, that's obvious. Yeah, that's, that's a like, very good point. Oh, fucking Monica, you fucking bitch. Monica, what are you... Why do they teach you in these schools these days? I call the cops and they'll just come out there and screw the whole operation. They'll fuck them. The press and the cops, they have never been a good mix. I don't expect them to do my job, so they can very well expect me to do theirs. Now, can they? Fine, Chief, you win. I'll sit at home and wait for your text. But if I don't hear from you on time each time, I'm calling the cops. That's it, calling them. Can't figure out whose job it is to do what then, but I won't just sit by if I don't hear from you. Monica stated and crossed her arms sharply, indicating that there would be no debate on this. Fine with me, the fat man replied as he struggled to stand up from behind his desk. It's getting late anyways. It's a 30-minute drive from here to Mandeville. Then I've got to go find the fucking place he's talking about, so I'll figure I'll head out now. Please be careful, Monica softly insisted, before grabbing the large man and hugging him hard. Oh, Monica. Hard. Darling, I'm doing a soft interview, but you're giving me a hard interview. <laughs> I've told you time and time again, gonna make it in this business, you have to harden up. Rosenberg said to her, but he said so while returning the hug. Benny Rosenberg left his office in downtown New Orleans, dodging the traffic as he moved his large Cadillac down Canal Street, making his way towards the I-10 on ramp. He felt the safety of the city around him, people all about, representing a degree of security in the form of humanity in life. He merged onto the interstate and soon found himself on the Causeway Bridge, a 25-mile bridge that spanned over Lake Pontchartrain, connecting New Orleans to Mandeville. You know, I'm realizing this is in New, York, New Orleans, and, like, my choice of voices probably should have been more Southern. The ride to the North Shore <laughs> normally felt long and tiring, too short for a pit stop, but just long enough to drag on. Today, though... It seemed to zoom by. Rosenberg would never admit this to Monica, but on the inside, he was very nervous. This could be a prank. This could be some copycat trying to make a name for himself. Or this could turn out to be a massive waste of time. And if the real Jeff Woods did happen to be waiting for him, what then? I'll figure it out as I always have, one piece at a time. He mumbled as he arrived in the tree-lined bedroom community that was Mandeville. 
Rosenberg pulled over in a gas station and consulted his GPS. He found Bayou Road easily enough as the harsh yet useful voice of Siri guided him through the heavily wooded areas. Suburban sprawl was the big thing on this side of the lake. However, there were still a lot of areas that were left untouched. What looked like woods on the outside usually turned out to be nothing more than a half acre of unsold lot. Still though, Rosenberg wished that he was conducting this interview from his downtown office. At least there were lights and people nearby. He was slowly becoming more and more aware that this location would likely be smack in the middle of nowhere. It took a little looking, but at around 7pm he located Wild Bill's fireworks. It was a small tent that no doubt saw hundreds of visitors around the 4th of July and New Year's, but sat as lonely and forgotten structure all the rest of the year. That was certainly the case tonight, as the tent sat slumped in the darkening August evening. It was situated in a small gravel lot, from what Rosenberg could tell. There were no homes or business for at least a quarter mile in either direction. He knew as well as anyone that he was overweight with a heart condition, so running away was not an option should this go south. However, he still had faith in his skill as a reporter, though it had been many years since he'd actually done field work. He reminded himself of that. Again, if this does turn out to be the real deal, Jeffrey Woods was just a 15-year-old boy. The papers made him out to be some sort of demonic sociopath. They dubbed him Jeff the Killer, and they plastered the now-famous photo of his deformed face taken by the son of his last victim all over the papers and internet. However, Rosenberg felt confident that despite all of that, he could control the situation. He sent a text to Monica, letting her know that he'd arrived early, and that he would communicate with her further, starting at 8pm, when and if this interview even happened. He carefully entered the tent, his hand on his pistol, just to get an idea of where this would be taking place. It was small inside. There was a dry, rotted countertop where he assumed a cash register would sit during the open seasons. The rest of the tent was empty, save for a small folding chair. Rosenberg inspected the chair and found a small scrap of paper taped to the back rest. Sit down, the scrap read. Rosenberg searched a bit further and found beneath the chair was a small battery-powered lamp. It was one of those that people take camping small and compact, yet he knew that once it got fully dark outside, it would light the tent up perfectly. He tested the lamp, found that it worked fine. Both the chair and the lamp seemed new, free of dust of this place. This at least served to validate this entire outing. He could take at least a degree of comfort in knowing that he wasn't, it wasn't just some stupid prank. He sat down and removed his pack of cigarettes, something both his wife and doctor badgered him about without remorse. He lit a smoke and waited. Full dark came faster than he'd expected, and soon he realized the tent was almost fully dark. Reaching down, he clicked the button that activated the lamp, and upon looking, realized that he was no longer alone in the tent. At first, they just sat in silence. The overweight man wearing a brown suit and the new arrival, a young man sitting on the counter. The shadows played their games well in the small, humid tent. 
Rosenberg could tell the intruder was young and male just by the profile of his face. He had black hair that hung down over his forehead almost to his eyes. He was wearing a black jacket and blue jeans. His head was tilted into the shadows so that only half of his face showed in the light cast by the lamp. And from Rosenberg's current angle, the kid almost looked normal. Rosenberg focused on remaining professional. He had to admit that he was never really sure this would actually happen. He still wasn't totally sure that this was the real Jeffrey Woods, but he figured a few questions would solve that. He was still trying to decide how to open the conversation when he remembered his deal with Monica. That would do fine just to break the ice as well. Hey, F... <clears throat> Hey, I have to take my, out my cell phone and text my assistant, okay? She doesn't hear from me every so often. She's going to freak out and call the cops. The shadowy figure did not respond, but did tilt his head slightly, as if trying to get a better look at what Rosenberg was doing. Rosenberg removed his phone slowly, making sure to make no sudden movements, and activated his screen. He already programmed a message to send just with the tap of a button to Monica, simply stating, all is well. After sending the message, he left the phone on his knee as to avoid the uncomfortable tango in the future. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead, take out my audio recorder. It's in my suit coat pocket. Rosenberg informed the silent figure who once more appeared to move his head slightly, but made no attempt to speak. Rosenberg removed the recorder and held it in his hand. Before we begin, I just have to ask, you were Jeffrey Woods, correct? He asked. I was. That's not going to pick up. <laughs> and I'm not going to let you read the entire section like that. <laughs> I was. The youth replied, speaking for the first time. <laughs> oh, man. Fair enough. <laughs> I just asked. In case this was some sort of prank. Rosenberg, Just a prank, bro. <laughs> Rosenberg confirmed, clicked the record button on his audio device. Okay, I'm recording our conversation from this point forward. The youth spoke again. Does this look like a prank to you? He asked and tilted his head in the other direction. Rosenberg immediately recognized the disfigurement that dominated the left side of Jeffrey Woods' face. It was, after all, plastered on just about every news outlet and paper in the country. Okay. Rosenberg began, choosing his words carefully. You already know who I am. Wait. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You already know who I am, since you did contact my office directly, and the whole nation and half the world has heard of you, so let's start with... Jeff cut him off, raising his voice slightly. Do you know why I chose you, Mr. Rosenberg? Honestly, no. The editor replied. Since the incident two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, I know which voice is going on. Since, since I killed my parents, the whole world has labeled me as a monster. They call me Jeff the Killer. This picture, the one taken when I broke into that man's house a week ago, it's become my identity. At least as far as the world is concerned. <laughs> but your paper, <laughs> I saw the article you wrote. You headlined it, Jeffrey Woods, America's Sensation. In the piece, you never once referred to me as Jeff the Killer. You actually tried to tell the story. I read that, and I don't know. I figured since you're the only one out there and seemed to want to tell a real story, I would at least fill in the details. 
I, I hope they can understand what you're saying. <laughs> Rosenberg. Oh <my> God. <laughs> Rosenberg was actually a bit relieved. Jeff seemed to be talking sane. He was coherent and seemed calm. This was a good sign. It was also a plus that his previous article had struck a bond with Jeff, as that would help grease the wheels of conversation here. Okay, Jeffrey, or do you prefer Jeff? Rosenberg asked. Jeff is fine. He replied. Okay, Jeff, before we get started, I have to ask you, what is your endgame here? I mean... Avengers, right? <laughs> you were wanted by the police, the FBI. Hell, just about everyone wearing a badge has a stake in capturing you. So tell me, how long can you keep this up? Aren't you concerned about your face? The possibility of infection? What are you doing for food and lodging? <clears throat> I don't really know. Honestly, I didn't think it ever come to this, but forget all that. What I do after this interview, I guess I'll figure it out. What I want to tell you about is how this all happened. How I, you know. Jeff stated flatly, rubbing the wound inside of his face. What a dog got these scars. <laughs> Likely without being aware he was doing so. Okay, well, fuck, dude. <laughs> Just start the beginning. <laughs> what was life like for you before, before the murders? I expected you to do like a, like a Harold the Heavy Hands before the murders. <laughs> Jeff took a deep breath and began his story. And for the life of God, do not read this entire thing in Jeff's voice. <laughs> Jesus uh, Christ! Can no, I'm, I'm hitting you, Epic. Don't worry, I got this covered. Turn back to plucks. You ever hear about those perfect little... No. <laughs> no. No. Uh, have you ever seen the remake of it? Let us talk about that girl, Bev. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, you ever hear about those perfect... <laughs> okay. All right. I'm losing the power again. You, you ever always... hear about those perfect little families? Like on TV? Mom, dad, two kids and a dog. Well, that was my parents' dream. I'm 15 years old, by the way. I don't know how or why it ever came to lolly, that. Lolly, lolly, lolly. That, <laughs> that is, this is the definition of a lolly, except that's known as a shoda. Yeah. <laughs> but what they wanted, and they just had to have it. My parents, Sheila. Sheila. And <laughs> Matt Sheel Woods. Sheila. Now that's a knife. Oh, yeah, Sheila. Shelia. Shalia. Shalissa. Shalissa. It's me. They're like perfect for each other. They both had this image of, well, the way things should be, I guess. They came from poor families. <laughs> oh, fuck, dude. Did you know that? <laughs> no. <laughs> you know what, little Nicky? <laughs> if I get enough from frowns. <laughs> The parents worked like crazy to put them through college. I know, because my folks like to tell me about it. Uh, three times a day. I guess that put some sort of obsession into them. They had to have things a certain way. We all grew up in New Orleans East. Myself and my brother... Luke! 
I didn't think that would be part of that. We lived in... I hope this is the same fucking story we read now. No, it is now. the same. It's the same story, No, but it might be, like, it. word for word the oh, same no. story. <laughs> you already saw how many pages there are. It can't be. It's just... It's all... It's all... What's it called? They changed the text to white. The font just gets bigger with each page. <laughs> 300 pages with just one letter per page. G... E.T. <laughs> and that was 16 pages. We lived in a small two-bedroom apartment and my parents hated it. Me and Lou loved it, no. We knew all the kids in the neighborhood because we, well, we grew up with them all. <laughs> Our apartment was called Walnut Square and it was like its own little city. We had our group, and sometimes our group would get into a war <laughs> with another group. But not like a gang war or anything, just like kids playing army, I guess. <laughs> army. <laughs> like, what was the point of that? <laughs> We'd always be friends at the end of the day. <laughs> Me and... Liu! <laughs> we're only a year apart in age, so we were close, more like friends than brothers. We didn't fight much, and when no one else was able to come out and play, well, we all just had each other. Things were okay back in Waldo Square. <laughs> to laugh at the way. Oh my god, how many pages is the first chapter? <laughs> I mean, it's Jeff the Killer, dude. He's crazy and shit, right? How many pages is the first chapter? <laughs> oh no. Oh no. <laughs> oh, so many pages. Holy shit, yeah, that is long so enough. So many pages. Alright. What are we at, nine? Oh, wait. <laughs> no, you're passing some good Liu content. Yeah, yeah, more Well, you get Liu's parts. Oh, great. <laughs> oh, wow, holy shit. What just happened? Rosenberg asked. What do you mean by the way our parents were? Jeff continued. Fake. I think fake is the best way to describe them. Like when other kids were around. They acted totally different. Jerry Seinfeld. They were fun. They were, they were fun. the fun parents. They were the fun Always parents. joking and being involved. See, like, Jeff the Killer is a creepypasta based on the internet, so you gotta imagine he's probably just, like, a really cringe dude. Oh, like Edgeworth. Yeah, all, yeah, all yeah, the way. yeah. So that's all why his way. voice is gonna change throughout. I remember when we'd have friends. Oh, God. I love Invader Zim. From school, spend the night. Oh, God, it's gonna get worse. My parents would take us all over to... All over the ZM video. Sorry, I know that Blockbuster. phrase was fucking weird. <laughs> the local neighborhood video store. We'd pick out a couple of horror movies and a video game or something. Laser, taser, blazer. And then we'd all head back to our apartment. <laughs> oh, that voice sucks. My parents would make popcorn and try and scare us during the movie. They'd sit out there and tell us all stories about when they were kids. 
Stuff that never did when it was just me and Liu. At the end of the weekend, where all the other kids would go back home, my mother would actually tell them to let their parents know how much fun they had over at our house. Once they would leave, though, my folks would go right back to their normal selves. They would either retreat into their bedroom and shut the door, or they would go off to do their own things, leaving me and Liu alone. I remember Liu asked my mother once if we could have a movie night. You know what she told him? Rosenberg shook his head. She told him to call up his friends and see if they could come over. While Liu was making phone calls, my mother actually started getting out popcorn and stuff. Just as soon as Liu came out and told her that they couldn't make it, put her all the way and told him that she wasn't feeling up to a move. I mean, could you believe how shitty that must have felt for him? His own mother was happy to put on this great show in front of other people's kids. But couldn't be bothered to spend two hours watching a movie of her own son. Rough. <clears throat> Rosenberg replied. Yeah, well, it, it oh was. A, if this is all a conversation, I need to take something, man. You need to give something to me. Okay. It's um, all conversation. You, you want Rosenberg then? <laughs> you want Jeff. I, I want Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me finish this last Jeff bit. Right. Where was it? It was about this, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, well, it was always like that, and I was pretty used to it by then. My father put me in boxing lessons because... Was this Jeffrey Dahmer? His boss's brother worked at the gym. I went there for about a year, got pretty good at it, until the boss's brother quit. No sooner was I pulled out of the classes. My father told me that it was because we couldn't afford the lessons, but I knew that was bullshit. Just a week before, he talked about signing me up for another year! Mm. Then, as soon as the brother quits, we suddenly can't afford it. Oh, God damn it. Like I said, Liu still believed a lot of their crap, but I was seeing through it mostly. You're shocked. So, this is confirming all of my, like, nightmares about this series, which is that Jeff really has nothing to complain about. He's just a spoiled little kid who didn't get things his way and blamed his entire shitty life on his parents. Which just, like, you learn at a certain age that that's just not the case, and you need to let people have some fucking room to breathe because they fucking raised you, and you have no idea what that, up. What that entails. You don't know, this is a changed story. I don't. His parents might be in the complaining. Shit. He's complaining about all the same shit. Hey, hey, hey. Do you think your parents distance you and your brother closer? Rosenberg brought asked. you and your brother closer. I asked. <laughs> Rosenberg <laughs> asked. Oh, I thought you were going to take over now. I just want to finish the other line. Oh, okay. I think we would have been close no matter what. Oh, no. But yeah, having parents like ours, you had to come together. My parents always sort of ignored me. That's I'm not to say that I was their favorite or anything, because I don't think my parents favored either of us all that much. But Liu, he wasn't part of the plan, I guess? Rosenberg inquired. 
could you hold up real quick? In like editing this episode, could you just take like a sound file of you going Mew! but like put it underneath? <laughs> I would echo. have to do it so well. Oh, okay, just right here. Yeah, like a little, like every so often, not like every Liu said, oh, but just man. like existing, like at one moment of all years. <laughs> Was he an unplanned pregnancy? Holy shit! You mean, like, an accident baby? <laughs> no. They wanted that baby. They just didn't want another boy. I found this out years after he was born. I overheard them talking one night. Turns out that they wanted a boy and a girl to really round it all out. And then they had this whole thing planned out. My mother did all the herbal crap to try and make sure Liu was a girl. Followed all these baby books. The reason his name is so weird is because they originally planned out the girl name as Liuna or some weird shit like that. It was sort of like Spanish word for moon. So when my mom found out that she was having another boy, I think she just said fuck it and kept the name about the same. She wanted the name and I guess she was determined to get it. So hence we went with Liu. You know, it was just pronounced like Lou, oh. which no one told us until this point. Oh. But my parents had to stick as close with their plan as possible. I think they had serious issues that we never really saw. <clears throat> so your folks wanted a girl and a name picked out and all. And when your brother was born, they stuck with the same name for the most part. Rosenberg asked. Yep, and that was them for you. No changing in the plans. Jeff and Leona just became Jeff and Lou. That was how they thought. Jeff replied, Rosenberg sensing that it was time to move this interview forward, took a risk, and went with the direct questions. So Jeff, did your parents ever hit you? Was the abuse ever physical? Do you want to read narrator? Jeff left. A laugh that started out as <laughs> I need some laughter, man. That started out <laughs> as an almost honest youthful sound. <laughs> okay. However, it quickly began to rise into a shrill burst of almost hysterical giggling. Oh no. You're doing real edgeworth, Lord Laugh. I wish. <laughs> oh man. I wish that were the case. No. They Wait, hold never. on. What's he turning into like What's no. they from Rocco's? No, they never Why shades turned the page. <laughs> Randy. Hitting us would have required actually paying attention to us. No, they just ignored us away until it was time to try and impress a friend or a neighbor. Then they dragged us out to show off. You know, with that comment on the parents, uh, the only thing I'm going to say is how the parents uh, live in an apartment. I'm just going to put that out there. Yeah. Like... <laughs> I'm not saying anything. You yeah. have that on a home to show off. Right. Like, but like, they need to show clearly, off clearly his assumptions of their socioeconomic class has really nothing to do with them as actually people. So, I'm just throwing that mic over there. Yeah, it's my gaming mic. That's the one I use for when I talk to you guys on Discord. Okay. 
Okay, so I get that your folks ignored you, neglected you and your brother. What I don't get is how you wound up here, sitting across from me in this tent. I mean, sure, it sounds like your folks weren't trying to win any parenting awards, but you seem like a smart enough kid. You grew up well, had food and clothing, education, and everything. <laughs> education and everything else. What made you? Rosenberg was trying to find the right word when Jeff assisted him. Snap. Jeff asked, that shrill edge still hanging slightly in his voice. Yeah, man, I mean, yeah, what, what caused this? Rosenberg pressed. You got your recorder on, right? Jeff asked. Of course, the reporter replied. I'm the joke of me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, once again, can you put in a small echo of that? <laughs> that you, you might have to be careful with that one, though. Okay, sit back and listen. Light up a smoke. Get comfortable. This is spooky, dude. Holding the creature from the Black Lagoon so tight. <laughs> Tightly. <laughs> nah, just, I forgot about this thing. In all honesty, I remember yeah, you having I it. I found it at my mom's place. Jeff responded, and in the dark and shadowy confines of the small tent, Jeff Woods, known better as Jeff the Killer, told his story. By the time he was finished, the recorder was down to half battery life and Rosenberg had smoked half his pack of cigarettes. Whoa, fast forward. Birth of the killer. Um, I wanted to point out, did you also notice my, my Herald, my little Yeti? Oh, fuck him? yeah, dude. And then we've got Gizmo up there peeking, peeking out. Yeah, you gonna, you gonna pull up my bionicles that you took from me, like, years ago? <laughs> There's one. I took one. <laughs> I took one bionicle from you. <laughs> You gonna pull on my Mortal Kombat figures? I could give those back to you at any time. You could keep them, because I don't want them. <laughs> oh, you know, the thing about the Jeff the Killer story is I forget that it like kind of all happens in like a two-week span, I guess. Because with... Let's turn back the clocks. Yeah. Um, so so we, we changed from interview to like real-life story. Um, do you want to do the parents... Oh, hell yeah, dude. And I will continue doing Jeff. Yeah, you can be Jeff. And you can read... Let's let's go to 20. You can be narrator. Jeff was 15 years old. Leo was 14. On the day that their parents came home, all smiles calling for their two kids to come to the living room. This was a rare occurrence in the Woods' home, as their parents typically returned from work and went into their own private worlds. Matt Woods would generally find his way to the living room and start binge-watching network news, while Shalia... Woods made her I feel like it's Sheila and they fucked up Yeah. made her way into their bedroom and started catching up on her Bravo network television whoa fucking name drop right there two brothers typically didn't see their folks until around 7pm when a rushed family meal would be prepared eat in relative silence and once again and once consumed all members would return to the respective wings of the small apartment tonight though tonight appeared to be different boy wait mom his mom. Boys! Come to the living room, boys! <laughs> Shalia announced with an candler fucking name. Shalia. Shalia announced with an eager, joyous edge to her voice that was mostly absent these days. Jeff and Liu. <clears throat> Jeff and Liu? Yeah, I mean, apparently. Nah, fuck that. Liu came out of their shared bedroom. Where <laughs> and I and an O make different fucking noises, you know? Like, I, O, Liu, Lou. 
in lieu of things. Where they had been busy plugging away at a game of Madden and <laughs> locked them in constant competition for the better part of the year. What's up, Mom? <laughs> oh, is he fucking Sonic? Jeff asked first. You're too slow. <laughs> well, your father, he found out. Shalia stammered. Luckily, Matt was there to rescue the conversation. What did he find out? Boys, I got a promotion. I'm being placed in charge of the North Shore District. I'll be working specifically out of that office from now on. Boys, I need you to die. Whoa. They're giving me a territory that is twice the size, twice the fucking size of my current assignment, and with that will come a lot more work. Liu, Liu, always starving for his father's attention, quickly congratulated his dad. Good job, Dad. Really awesome. <laughs> Liu announced with genuine excitement. That's not all. Shalia interjected. With his new job comes even more exciting news. Sharks, we're here before you today because we're finally going to get to move to a bigger place. Shalia's grin was plastered from ear to ear. And with that, I'm out. <laughs> well, fuck you, Mr. Wonderful. <laughs> Jeff saw her huge fake smile and thought that such... <clears throat> Give me a sec. I'm realizing I'm doing the dad's voice, and I like where the dad's voice is right now. Shalia's grin was plastered from ear to ear. Jeff saw her huge fake smile thought that such grins could never come from a real place of human emotion. So, we're moving? Jeff asked an obvious hint of teenage angst laced in his voice. My Chemical Romance was heard playing in the background. Yes, his father replied. We'll be moving to Mandeville. It's a nice, safe town with a great school system and lots of woods. Fucking get lost in the woods and nature for you boys to explore. Fucking sports. <laughs> the dad proceeded to punch a hole in the wall. You two won't have to take the public bus to school anymore. You won't have to worry about any bad parts of town. It's gonna be a real good change for you, for this family. But what about our friends here? Our school. I, I don't think I, I want to move to a new high school. I, I hate having to make new friends. And all the kids there will already know each other, and... <laughs> Jeff began to rattle on, but his mother quickly roped it in. Jeff, you'll make new friends, plus Manville is only 25 miles from where we are right now, which that's like over two hours away. It's not like we're moving out of state. This is a good chance to really move up. Don't ruin it with your attitude, okay? <laughs> Jeff... Jeff looked over and saw the discomfort in Liu's face. Sure, he didn't want to move, but Liu seemed more open to the idea. Plus, it was nice to see their parents actually happy for a change. Jeff swallowed the agitation that was building up in him, put on a smile that he hoped looked more organic than the one his mother had been wearing. Okay, Mom. Sorry, yeah. Of course I am happy for Dad. I'm good with this. What a little piece of shit. I'm sorry. Yeah, what a piece of shit is this You're story. finally catching up to, like, the thing I fucking realized ten minutes ago. Like, it's like, the problem has always been Jeff. Like, oh, man, my parents are... Just my dad got it. a pretty good situation, yeah, so right. we have to move. I don't want to move. Like, well, fuck you. Your dad's making more money like and shit. doesn't many friends to begin with. Like, little fucking edgelord. <sighs> Jeff stated, knowing that his lie was probably obvious. But... 
was happy that Liu at least seemed to take this visible comfort in having the family all back on the same page. Six weeks passed between that conversation and the day the Woods family moved into the woods. Wooden it up. Actually pulled into their new home. Keys in hand with a delivery truck following close behind. During those six weeks, Jeff is failing back their possessions. House on it. <laughs> Fucking house hunters, dude. Pack some more, and eventually the two boys began to feel the blues of saying goodbye to the neighborhood they've known since birth. Jeff and his neighborhood pals rode their bikes and played as always, but deep inside a sadness had built up in him. He knew that he was saying goodbye to the friends and locations that he loved. He hoped to get his driver's license soon, and then he could come back over and visit, but that still seemed distant. And from where he was currently standing, he felt as though he was on the cusp saying farewell to his entire life. Know how this story turns. He kept trying to pep talk himself, telling himself that, hey, you can do it. It's, it's alright to like dudes. I mean, like girls. Telling himself to like dicks, I mean vaginas. <laughs> telling himself that on the upside, at least it was the summertime. He wouldn't have to walk into a new school mid year being stared at by the kids like some breed of rare bird or something. <clears throat> this is my Bill and Ted impression coming out. Like, he could take the rest of the summer to try and get to know the kids in Mandeville. Hopefully by the time time late I'm tired of it and already. Hopefully Oh shit late August hit and he had to walk into Mandeville High School as a sophomore. Wait. He'd at least have a couple friends. Wait, hold late August. Walk in as a sophomore. For sure. He also had Liu, who would be starting as a freshman that year, so he wouldn't be totally alone. The day he and his family arrived at their new home, the sky was overcast and the weather was muggy. The gray sky seemed to punctuate his mood. Punctuate his mood. Jeff was not thrilled to be here. Their new home was beautiful, though. A true example of his father's newfound success. What a little fucking shit. But still, it wasn't the home he'd known. He and Louis, Liu would have their own bedrooms for the first time ever, though, and he had to admit he was a little excited about the new privacy, so he and Liu <laughs> can't spent that week off. setting up their new place. Jeff's room was on the second floor of the house, and the window featured a great view of the wooded areas behind their new home. At night, a billion stars would come out. Holy shit. <laughs> oh my god, that's so many. <laughs> you would fucking die. I'd say like a thousand, maybe. A billion? Holy shit. A sight that Jeff never had been able to enjoy in the city. Their new house also had a yard, both back and front, and his father had already invested in a lawnmower and informed the boys that it would be their task to maintain the landscape. And of course. I thought you were reading for a second there. Oh, shit. <laughs> this, of course, meant allowance and more spending money. So Jeff had no issues with that. A week after they settled in, Jeff and Liu woke up early. The sky was a crisp, gorgeous blue. And although the Louisiana heat was playing its usual cruel tricks... What the fuck? The brothers decided on a morning bike ride to explore the area where he just the right ticket to combat the slight pangs, homesickness that they'd both been experiencing over the last week. Matt and Shalaya were both at work, so Jeff and Liu made themselves a quick bite to eat downstairs before heading out. I miss home. Liu blurted out as Jeff was smeared salsa on the microwave burrito that would serve as his breakfast. Me too, Liu. But 
I guess this is home now, so we just sort of have to make the most of it. Jeff replied. I know, but all our friends and stuff are back in Walnut Square. Remember that building we'd always sneak up on top of and watch the city lights come on? I miss that. What? <laughs> like, wait, what? Uh, Leo responded sounding down. Yeah, and ZM Video, the owner knew us, would always let us rent R-rated movies without our parents. <laughs> and he'd always hook us up with a free video game rental if we got a few movies. Yeah, I miss that too. But, Liu, we have to... There, there's, there, this is grounded in, like, a more modern time, too. So what fucking video rental place are they going to? <laughs> I don't care if you're in fucking Nolens. Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure there's not a lot Why of video rental block, places. Just call it Blockbuster and have it take place in 2001. Like, I think all our video rental places are closed up by now. Absolutely. Like 48 hour video anymore. doesn't exist anymore, no, right? No, they don't yeah. exist. Red Redbox is the best you got. Fuck Redbox. Yeah, I, I like Redbox. In today's day and age, but not though, anymore. I feel, yeah, not like, anymore. Right? Last time streaming I streaming services was two, exist so much. Two years ago. God, remember when Netflix was basically Redbox? Yes, I do. I know. I still have uh, a desk. You, you want to know what my last rental was from Redbox or or? Uh, cool. I'll tell you what my or, last or rental from. Uh, I still have mine. It has the it has the Netflix slip and everything on it. Uh, my last, I'll tell you what my last rental from Hollywood Video was. Oh shit! You remember that? Yeah. What was it? Mm. Fuck! Actually, what is it? This is a movie I could always remember too. What's your last Netflix rental though? Uh, my my last one that I still have is Step Brothers. Fuck. In in DVD format with the little slip on top. That says Netflix to be returned, or else they'll charge you the cost of the movie. Fuck, man. Oh, God, what's that movie? Describe it. Uh, it's a dude that said he wanted fuck. What? Essentially. A dude that what? He wanted fuck or some shit. Oh, is it 40 Days and 40 Nights? Yeah, it is! It's 40 Days and 40 Nights. Oh, yeah, it's the guy who said he won't masturbate. Yeah. He won't, like, masturbate or fuck anymore. Yeah, Josh Hartnett's in it. Yeah, I love him. What else is he in? 30 Days a Night. Lucky number seven. 30 Days yeah. a Night. Yeah. Yeah, that was the last movie we ever rented from there. Because, funny side joke, we, uh, we took out the DVD player that had it in, that movie in, and <laughs> we, uh, we returned a box without the movie in it, and we're like, yo, we can never go back to Hollywood Video. They'll know. <laughs> So we never went Those back. Those fuckers only returned the case! Alright, uh... Leo interrupted. Leo interrupted. I know, we have to make the most out of this, but still, this place just seems so fake. And mom and dad still treat us like we aren't even here. Jeff sighed. <sighs> yup, they do. I was sort of hoping the new house would improve their mood, but what can we do? You hit, you hit me with a pretty good uh, frown sigh right there. Le the lower jaw has to extend out like a full three inches from your face and then it has to like puff it has to puff upward he has to hit you where he wants to go eat and you have to be like I have no interest in eating there but <sighs> and we haven't been to Red Lobster in forever 
Brown's hungry. I hope this is the episode he listens to now. Fuck, fucking hey. Kill me. Kill me. <laughs> Liu had no answer. Jeff finished his breakfast and the two boys left the house. God, like going back to the microwave burrito makes this breakfast part worse. <laughs> and the two boys left the house like to mount salsa their... no less. Who puts full salsa on mm, their breakfast that is, That's heartburn in the morning. Right. But they're young, so I guess that's fine. Left the house to mount... They're fucking fictional. They don't exist. So why do I care? Uh, left the house to mount their bikes and explore around a bit more. As it turned out, the subdivision they moved into was rather close to a cluster of stores and a small shopping center. After riding a bit, going up and down generic streets, they... That featured the same vinyl sided homes with their kept up lawns. The boys came across the place. Village Shopping Center was the name of the short row businesses. When there was a. Okay, really? A pizza hut, a Chinese restaurant, a tobacco store, a sprint store, and what Jeff and Leo were most excited about a sex shop. Nice. I mean, a video store. Sex shop. Nice. Friendly video store. Oh, friendly video. Yeah, I thought it, I thought they both hit themselves in the head. Friendly video store was the name of the place, and it certainly looked friendly enough. <laughs> From outside, the boys could see rows upon rows of new movies and a respectable collection of classics. Jeff felt a rise in his mood. Sure, this wasn't ZM video. This wasn't the story grown up with, but still having one this close meant that he and Liu could continue at least one tradition from their old lives. Jeff and Leo parked their bikes against the wall of the store, propping them near the glass walls so they could keep an eye on them, a habit any kid grown up in the city develops quickly, and entered the store to browse the selection. We'll have to get mom or dad to come down here and open up an account so we can rent movies. Leo mentioned as Jeff flipped the box over to read the description of a horror movie. Shit, you're right. Jeff snapped, <laughs> feeling a bit of frustration at this thought. He knew getting his parents to actually come here and set up a membership would take forever, since their usual after-work routine was to go off into separate rooms until they got hungry enough to come out and speak. Jeff glanced over at the girl working behind the counter. Maybe I can... Oh. Maybe I can go over there and sweet-talk her into giving us accounts. Jeff joked. Yeah, right, Jeff. One look at you and she'll probably ban us. Leo remarked... <laughs> fucking Leo nice, slaying, nice dude. Leo remarked back, a smile broad on his face. <laughs> you doubt me, little man? He's a year younger than me, you fuck. Jeff replied, both siblings now giggling. Doubt you? <laughs> the guy who's kissed two girls and almost touched a boob? Never. Please, go on over and lay on all the charm whatever. I totally could have banged that girl. Oh. But her parents came home and... Jeff retorted. Last time you told me that story, you said her parents were out of town and her sister came home. Oh, shit. Jeff became flustered and while in the process <laughs> of trying to make yet another comeback, the girl behind the register removed all doubt by speaking to the boys herself. Oh. <laughs> Hey, aren't those your bikes? <laughs> the young woman asked. <laughs> Point uh, pointing towards the glass window. Jeff and Lee looked over. This is the young reporter. Mm -hmm. It all like, comes around. Yeah, right? This is four weeks ago. Everything what do you use a young woman? Right? 
Definitely we looked over and saw three boys outside, two of which were riding around in circles on the Woods Brothers' bikes. They would... S- what a fucking pair of assholes. Man. I know, right? They would spin them around and then jump off, letting the bikes crash into the pavement just to stand on them and ride them again. Two boys riding the bikes were both slim in build, while a heavier boy stood on the sidewalk drinking a Red Bull and watching with a raging hard cock. Christ. This is what sets Jeff off. It's these kids, these bullies. I figure, like, maybe they, they rode my it bikes and bit. crashed them into the ground, and now I'm gonna kill them in their sleep. Go to sleep! <laughs> Jeff and Liu made their way towards the doors of the video store, and when the fat kid saw him coming, Jeff couldn't hear what he said to his two friends, but he made some sort of gesture while shouting. The other two boys dumped the bikes where they lay and walked towards the sidewalk directly towards the two brothers. Those are bikes? <laughs> One of the kids asked as Jeff and Liu entered the summer heat. Yeah. Why are you riding them? Liu asked sharply. Uh, is this going to be a different kid, I That's guess? That's kid. We just saw them there, man. Relax. Figured someone just left them out for us. The little shit fucking said as his two friends joined him on the other side. Jeff and Liu were veterans who grown up in a crowded city apartment. Both boys knew what was likely coming. They've dealt with assholes like this before. Holy shit. And the same script was almost always followed. First they would provoke their victims in some way. Then would come a sarcastic exchange of words and usually depending on how determined said assholes were to make trouble some degree of physical contact always came next. Jeff, determined to make a good start here, tried to change the course of this confrontation. Well, they're ours. We just moved here about a week ago. We live over on Fairmount Avenue, a few blocks from here. We were just checking out the neighborhood. Jeff hoped that a civil tone could turn things around, but he could tell by the insolent look on the kid's faces, uh, on the kid's face, that this was a difficult gamble. Good for you. You moved here. <laughs> the fact <laughs> he's straight up George Lucas. <laughs> the fact he remarked, the other boy. I really want to make a movie. <laughs> <laughs> the one who'd yet to speak remained silent, though he did spin on the ground, <laughs> aiming close to Jeff's shoe. A move so obvious that he may as well have to, may as well have just tried to spit in Jeff's face. Oh yeah, Troy. The first boy spoke. They moved into that piece of shit house with the gravel driveway. I was wondering who would move into that place. Fuck wait. It. Oh, wait. This is fucking. Oh. oh, damn. <sighs> Here, you don't remember all the voices, do No, you? That, that was uh, Troy's voice then. Fat Kid's voice. Oh, okay. This is, um, okay. Um. Oh, yeah, Troy! The first boy spoke. They moved into that piece of shit house with the gravel driveway. I was wondering who moved into that place. Oh, Randy, now we know. The big kid apparently named Troy replied. Jeff, still trying to salvage the conversation, tried peaceful banter one more time. Okay, so you're Troy, and you're Randy. Yeah. Well, I'm Jeff, and this is my brother, Leo. We just moved here from New Orleans. Oh, this is the third place. <laughs> you ain't in New Orleans now. <laughs> oh, shit, the third boy who just decided to speak remarked. <laughs> What's he gonna do to them? <laughs> uh, okay, this is Randy. Yeah, and who the fuck said you could call us by our names? <laughs> Randy asked, that insolent, privileged smile never leaving his face. 
Jeff, finally realizing that this was going nowhere good, decided that diplomacy was clearly not the answer. Had he been older and wiser, perhaps he'd have simply mounted his bike along with Liu and headed home. Perhaps he would have gone back into the video store and waited the three boys out, but he was 15. <laughs> and while he was mature for his age, Jesus, he still fell victim to the impulsive and often destructive tendencies of his demographic. Jeff smiled and responded to Randy. They, they were trying to say that he's an edge lord. Yeah, pretty much. Well, he probably I guess. wears a fucking what's it called trench coat. <laughs> oh my god! He eventually, knew, he probably Naruto runs. Oh no! And you know Liu does. <laughs> oh, hands down. Well, I guess I could have called Crunchy you a roll. fucking asshole, but I figured I would give you the benefit of the doubt. Oh shit! In that moment, a flip rage place the smart dad rested on Randy's face. Hey, what? <laughs> Throughout this entire exchange, the other two boys, Troy and the still unknown third member of his band, seemed to momentarily <laughs> momentary struck silence. Perhaps they weren't used to being stood up to. Oh, I'm sorry, was that language too adult for you? God, he's so lord. Jeff asked. And you, quiet boy, we know this isn't New Orleans. Jeff states in a slim kid that had reminded him of his geographical locations. Because if this was New Orleans, you three would have already gotten your asses kicked for touching someone else's shit. Slim kid looked back and forth at his two friends. However, Randy, clearly the leader, seemed to know what to say. Keith, you gotta let this little bitch talk to you. You gotta let this little bitch talk to you like that? Jeff and Liu looked at each other, both knowing... What would come next? The fight. Neither the Wood Children's had been big into fighting, but they had their share of pricks like these in their lives. Now that, oh, now that Randy had clearly challenged Keith's place on the food chain, the skinny kid would no doubt be ready to go, ready to go to blows. Ready, ready blow. Ready to blow. Ready man. to blow. <laughs> Jeff unzipped his pants, looking around. <laughs> Jeff looked around, gathering his surroundings when he noticed the woman in the video store was staring at them. Cordless phone in her hand. Jeff knew this part too, and while he wanted, <laughs> I'm sorry, man. He's he's just too fucking edge lord. <laughs> and while he wanted quite badly to sock Randy and his pals around, second concern suddenly invaded his mind. He and Lou got into a fight in her first week in his new neighborhood. Their parents would freak. He could practically hear it now. While things had been far from perfect in their home, even after the move, there was a piece that had fallen over the family. Jeff, fighting his urges, decided to do his best to keep it. Jeff looked over to three. Very well-dressed, very privileged-looking suburban kids before them. Dismissed them. You guys are boring. Oh, Come fuck. on, Liu. Let them continue their play dates without us. Liu laughed. And at that... Wow, I said that wrong. Liu laughed at that and followed behind his brother towards the bikes. Cock in hand. However, Randy and his little gang of would-be toughs would have none of that. They moved to block Jeff and his brother once again. Where you going, pussy? Randy asked, shoving Jeff. Jeff could tell shove had no real that shove had no real conviction. Randy is trying to figure him out and see where his buttons were. Well, they're on his shirt, you dumbass. <laughs> He'd push harder eventually. But Jeff swallowed the slowly building anger within him. Once more, 
Well, you took a bit more exception to the shove. We're going to your mom's house. Me and my brother saved up a couple dollars from doing chores, and we hear she doesn't charge that much. Oh, <laughs> fuck, Liu. Got him. <laughs> that seemed to do it. One <laughs> sentence, one joke at the expense of Randy's mother was all it took. Perhaps that Liu kept quiet, perhaps Dad had simply walked away. Perhaps if Randy and his friends weren't so intent on having this pissing contest with two kids they've never met before, <clears throat> perhaps things would have been ended differently. However, the comment was made, tempers flared, and in the end, the wheel that is fate turned just enough to change the lives of all involved. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to play Animal Crossing New Leaf on my Nintendo 3DS. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> now let me stop this story where it is. I have to go play Animal Crossing New Leaf on my Nintendo 3DS. Oh uh, man, I miss Reggie Pizza me. <laughs> Reggie. <laughs> Reggie. <laughs> Reggie. As the words left Leaf's mouth, right? <laughs> you know, quick side note. How do you feel about Donkey's content right now? Oh my <laughs> we we can't we can't talk about it right now. I, I will I will tell you later. <laughs> As the words left Liu's mouth, Randy appeared to only register a small portion of it all. Randy Hayden. Wait, when did we learn his last name? Just oh, now. I guess, okay. Had grown up in Mandeville. His father was a partner at a local firm that made a lot of money, something else that Jeff would soon come to learn, of course. Randy and his friends, while the same age as Jeff, had grown up in very different circumstances. They were used to being listened to, they were used to being feared, they had been fostered into a world where money meant power and their families had plenty of it. They weren't used to being told no, not even by their parents. Have these two new kids, two kids from a poor part of New Orleans show up on their turf, talk down to them, nor their perceived dominance? Well, that put them in a state of confusion and rage they've never been prepared for. In fact, Randy, the target of the insult, just stood there. It was, in fact, Troy, the fat kid, who stepped forward, first fist-balled, I squinted in anger. Who you talking to? Troy shouted, took a wild swing at Liu. Liu pulled out two nunchucks and hit him in the fucking head, who was <laughs> both in better shape and had sparred with Jeff a sparred with Jeff a time or two. During his, oh, during his time spent boxing. This is so anime now. I hate it. Was able to avoid the pots, but just barely. This is, total, this is that anime moment, dude. Oh, watch Megalobox. Megalobox is a really good anime, by I think the way. I've, I think I've seen that. It's really fucking good. Troy was clearly taken by surprise at Liu's speed. Donnie? And he actually didn't attempt another punch. However... These were bullies. Kids that ran in a pack for a reason. Skinny one, Keith, stepped around and threw a punch that connected with the left side of Liu's face. Jeff had seen enough. He'd been shocked at how quickly this evolved into blows. <laughs> Mom, you should have taken my Xbox. <laughs> Even though he expected it from almost the start. He expected to get blown from the start. Oh, shit. When he first met Randy and his friends, he'd been curious. Bi-curious. Oh. From there, he developed annoyance with them. Slowly, that annoyance had evolved in anger. Want to know how I got these scars? <laughs> Stop it. However, upon seeing Liu punched, seeing the small trickle of blood form on his brother's lower lip, upon seeing the smug look of satisfaction on Keith's face, that anger 
that Jeff felt suddenly exploded into a rage that he'd never felt before in his life. That was really deep. <laughs> Jeff Woods did not hesitate. He stepped forward, his feet automatically falling into the correct stance. <laughs> So fucking anime. Delivered a powerful right hand <laughs> to Keith's face. The skinny boy had no time to register shock or pain. Punch caught him by surprise and his knees buckled. Keith down to the ground in a heap of confusion and blood and guts and dawning fear. Randy, the so-called leader here, was almost too shocked to move. He shit himself. He had quite a lot of experience starting fights, but no real time logged in losing them. <laughs> never felt control of a situation slip. He was used We're to being... reading all 48 pages, by yeah, the way. I figured. He was used to being in charge. So now, seeing one of his friends go down so quick... You know, I had sausage. That's why it, like, it's so hard for me to read right now. I had now. sausage today, too. I cooked sausage the other day. I had day sausage for two of my meals today. I had sausage, breakfast sausage, and then I had sausage that was in pasta with lasagna. Now, I, uh, I made sausage the other day, and, and then I said, I'm like, yo, I'm going to eat that sausage today, and I put it in buns. Nice. And ate it. They were nice. sausage sammies. Yeah, they were great, and now I'm getting that heartburn feeling. <laughs> so doing a... You want me to take over? No, no, I'm good. <laughs> I'm getting at doing what's-his-name's voice brought it out of me. Uh, no real-time long. He was used to being in charge, so now seeing one of his friends go down so quickly and easily left him in a state of shock that he had no idea how to address. Next that's, time on Dragon Ball that's, Z. That's the Nani moment right there. <laughs> Troy, on the other hand, seemed to have a plan. Throw another punch. Move towards Jeff. Deceptively faster than his weight would seem to allow through two equally fast punches. <laughs> Double punch. <laughs> Jeff, however, had no problem. Sidestepping both attempts. Troy, seeming lost for actions, actually dropped his arms as if to say, gee, what do I do now? Not Jeff it. had the answer. He moved in, throwing three hooks to Troy's stomach. Do, do, do. The hefty kid's eyes won his wide as pie pans. <laughs> A fitting, fitting analogy. <laughs> Jeff thought he staggered back, clutching his throbbing stomach. <laughs> you lose. Jeff wasted no time and stepped in once more. Oh, shit. Fetching a sharp punch to the big kid's jaw. <laughs> Causing Troy to promptly fall on his ass. Hell yeah. Jeff was reminded of King Hippo from the Punch-Out game he used to play. He couldn't help but smile. Mm -hmm. Jeff now turned his focus on Randy. He had been... Randy! Randy! He advanced on the boy, feeling something new form inside of him. Oh no. He still felt the anger. Rage actually at the antics of these three assholes. <laughs> the nerve to mess with their bikes. <laughs> the nerve to insult two kids they've never met before. And of course, the ultimate offense touching his brother's no no zone. Ooh. <laughs> Should have read that in Macho Man voice. <laughs> you have been. <laughs> However, Mixed in with this rage was also a sweet, enjoyable pleasure. <laughs> Not only was he kicking their asses, but he was getting a boner for every second of it. It was as though the joy of showing them up was perfectly blending with the rage he felt towards them. Together, him and his 22-inch dick formed into a sadistic, controlled sense of power. <laughs> nah.
You don't have a 22 inch dong. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff got I it. added that part. <laughs> yeah, he had 24 inches. <laughs> He'd be dead on the ground. He would have passed out for blood loss. Blood loss. Dude would have run to the dick. Yeah, like. And Jeff got in his hands on Randy at the, that moment in time. He had no idea how far he'd take things. Randy was actually backing away. His hands held up. Not the fight, but don't they go to his house for a birthday party? I think so, yeah. But in a defensive, surrendering type gesture, it's only brought more joy to Jeff. And he was savoring every second of it. That was until Liu stopped, stepped in front of him. Jeff, stop. That's enough. Liu shouted. Why stop now, Liu? They wanted this. Jeff replied in his best edgelord sounding voice. Oh. No, I stop now, you. <laughs> they wanted me. That Liu had never heard come from his brother's mouth. She's calling the cops. Look. Liu shouted again, and this time Jeff came back to reality long enough to <laughs> snap back to reality. <laughs> oh, she's calling the cops. Itty. Long enough to listen, he glanced over at the video store clerk and saw her on the phone, talking frantically and pointing towards the parking lot. Suddenly, Jeff's strange sadistic case collapsed. You regained his former self. Fuck, let's go! He stated quickly, and he and Liu mounted their bikes and rode towards the parking lot exit. Yeah, you better fuck. <clears throat> yeah, that's <clears throat> Yeah, you better fucking run! Randy called behind him. Jeff and Liu painted not mind and pedal away. He not mind. <laughs> yep. A few blocks down the street, they dismounted their bikes and began to walk them together. At first, neither brother spoke. Then Liu broke the silence. Jeff, thank you for standing up for me back there. Thank you. Yeah, those guys were pieces of shit. They had it coming. <laughs> Jeff replied. <laughs> 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 Jeff replied, looking down at the street as they walked. What what happened? I've, I've never seen you look like that before, Liu asked. <laughs> Just defending myself, Liu. <laughs> what was I supposed to do? Let them beat you up? I bet they go to our school. I bet we'll see them there and they won't forget no. this, Liu added. Oh god, Liu's dreading everything. Who cares? We didn't ask them to, we didn't ask to move here. We didn't ask for any of this. Mom and Dad just wanted a bigger house in a nicer neighborhood, and we were along for the ride whether we liked it or not. Think I give a shit what those these rich asshole kids think of us? Jeff stated and went back to looking at his feet. Think we'll get in trouble? Leo asked. For what? Defend ourselves? Jeff asked. Yeah. I guess you're right. They did start it, Liu answered. And to the brothers, the matter was close. However, things were far from over. That's where a chapter should end. On that Jeff note. and Liu spent another <laughs> few hours exploring the area. They went deep into the wooded areas around their neighborhood. They found an abandoned shack far out in the woods where they did meth. Jeff opened the doors and looked inside. More meth. He called Liu in and showed him all the meth that the place actually had, running water. The boys figured it was used as some sort of hunting shack back before this area began to develop. They could both tell that, from the looks of it, it hadn't served its original purpose in okay, a long time. Okay, it still be used, though. As a meth shack. They yeah. rode out to the woods and back into the town proper. They spent some time in a small soda shop, one of those places that tried to be retro. 
It used spelling like old with an E, and shop with an E, and dick with an E, to try and add that appeal. They ordered burgers with an E, and dropped a few quarters in an old Galica arcade E machine before heading back home. With an E. They found that the trouble they believed they'd escaped was in fact waiting for them at their front door. Jeff and Liu saw the police cars well before they arrived at their driveway. Two cop cars, both parked in front of their house. Both of them felt their stomachs drop. As well they knew why the police were there. Jeff and Liu entered the living room to see their parents sitting on the couch, the two cops standing up, leaning on the wall, writing oh, in their notebooks. I'm sorry, man, for this next part. <clears throat> What did you turn to? Shelia practically, Shelia <laughs> practically screeched as the two boys entered the house. Liu, younger and less centered than Jeff, began to fall on the defensive. Some kids tried to jump us down by that video store. They were messing with our bikes, and when we went outside, they got in our faces. That's not the way we heard it. Matt Woods interjected his voice firm and ripe with anger and dissatisfaction. No, Dad. That's what happened, Jeff began to explain. We were down at Friendly Video, looking around the store when these three kids started riding around on our bikes. All we did was walk outside and the kids started talking trash to us, trying to provoke a fight. When we tried to leave, one of them punched Liu. Shelia Woods did her famous head shake, her lips pressed together into a slim white line. She was oh. blowing the two officers. Oh, shit. She was looking at her two sons as though they were juvenile delinquents instead of the two boys she raised. Finally, one of the two cops spoke. <laughs> She's not mad. She's disappointed with them. His name tag read Williamson. Boys, we have some serious complaints about the two of you. From what eyewitnesses at the shopping center say, you two started the confrontation with Randy and his friends. Jeff took notice at how familiar the cop's tone was when he said Randy's name. This was a small town after all, and there was a good chance that the cop coached Randy in Little League or drank beers with his dad. Hell, it was even possible that this cop could be an uncle to one of the bullies. No, sir, Jeff replied. Fuck. We didn't start it. They did. We just wanted our bikes. We just wanted to leave. They blocked us. Williamson continued, as though he'd heard nothing from Jeff. Several witnesses, including the video store clerk, say that you swung first. They say that the boys were riding your bikes, but let me ask you this. Did you chain your bikes to anything, or did you just leave them outside the store? What's that matter? <laughs> Liu demanded. Yeah, fuck it. Take Liu. the cop. Well, son, if you just left your bikes lying around on the street, you can't exactly blame Randy and his friend for riding them, now can you? It'd be different had you secured them somehow, but you just left them there. Jeff felt that rage begin to build inside oh, of him again. He was young, but he wasn't stupid. Hey, boy, put that dick down. He knew what this was. That dick's a weapon. Take him out. The cops knew Randy, Troy, and Keith. They were local kids, probably played football or some shit. Jeff and Liu were outsiders, city kids that came down to this bedroom community and were clearly making trouble from the start. Jeff began to understand that no matter what he said, no matter what really happened, the cops had already made up their minds. Jeff's only hope was his parents 
distant or not, surely they would defend their own kids over some local towny assholes. Mom, Dad, you're not buying this crap, are you? You know me and Liu don't start fights. When have we ever? These three punks messed with us, and if you can't tell that these cops are taking their sides, then you need to open your eyes. Jeff knew he was skating on thin ice, but that rage, it demanded some sort of satisfaction. <clears throat> Jeffrey, do not speak about these officers in that tone of voice. Do not speak to us that way either. Now, it's pretty obvious that you two aren't happy here, that you miss your old home with an E. But starting fights in the street isn't going to change anything. Jeff's mother snapped back to reality. <laughs> Jeff noticed that his father was remaining silent. <laughs> However he felt about this, it clearly wasn't worth speaking up about. Officer Williamson decided to do the speaking for him. Let him, boy. You're lucky. None of parents want to press charges. This will be reported as a simple scuffle between teenagers. But we advise you're both on notice. This is a quiet town, not like New Orleans. We don't tolerate this sort of shit here. If you see Randy, Keith, or Troy, I highly suggest you tell them you're sorry. We'll be keeping an eye on both of you. So don't let this happen again or we'll invite you into our car. <laughs> and show you our baton. Um, but you don't want to have an arrest record, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Jeff felt his anger bubble over and he could not hold his tongue. Who is he to you, Officer Williamson? Is Randy your nephew? Is he a friend's son? Or maybe you go over and screw his mom while you're on duty. Which one is it, Officer? Jeff spoke his accusation in a controlled tone, but he felt that even that could burst at any moment. He worked hard to contain it. He saw that Williamson was blushing deeply, though. Perhaps he'd struck a nerve after all. That's it! Both of you, boy... <clears throat> <laughs> That's it. Both of you, go to your rooms. Matt Woods apparently found that he wasn't a mute after all, as he ordered his sons out of the room. Jeff and Liu walked up the stairs, however, they refused to hang their heads in shame or feel any regret. Once in their rooms, they could hear the muffled conversation between their parents and the officers. Apologies could be heard, the cops said something back, and soon enough they heard the front door to their house shut. Jeff and Leo looked at each other, knowing that the real conversation hadn't even started yet. However, neither of their parents spoke to them for the rest of the day. Jeff and Leo stayed upstairs, venting their shared frustration to each other. They'd been screwed over. Even at their young ages, they knew that. They took some solace in the fact that they at least hadn't been arrested or cited, but still, they saw what was really going on here. That cop. He was protecting Randy, Jeff whispered to his younger brother. Oh shit. <laughs> you fucking idiot. His brother replied. We have to watch ourselves. We have to take care of each other. You saw it down there. Even our parents didn't stand up for us, Jeff stated. Yeah, what the hell was up with that? Liu asked. Image. Their fucking image. That's what's up with it. All they care about is fitting in here. They want to make sure they blend in with the rest of the Stepford families. No more fighting. If we see Randy or his two fuckhead friends again, we just walk away, okay? But Jeff, you can kick the shit out of them. Why would we walk away? Liu asked. 
because I can't kick the shit out of the cops, Liu. I can't kick the shit out of mom and dad, and that's what would that's what would get us. Fucking Randy and his pals are protected here. You and me, we're not. So if we see them, just avoid them, okay? Please? Leo nodded. I feel like a little bitch. <laughs> I owe Keith for hitting me. No, you don't. I paid him back for that, and paid his fat friend, too. I hope they just leave us alone now. Jeff sighed. Was the whole boxing part in the first story? Absolutely not. <laughs> Jeff and Liu didn't hear from their parents for the rest of the day. They remained in their rooms late into the night and finally came down to eat after they were sure their folks had gone to bed. Liu said that he had felt relieved about that, but Jeff had a sinking feeling that the worst was yet to come. Which I think is a good place to stop. I, I remember the bullies having a scuffle over bikes. I feel like it was more like they moved in yeah. and then they went outside and played, tried playing with their bikes. Didn't the kids have like a fake jump, a fake ramp or something? Yes. And everyone was trying to do the, the, the jump and, and, and one of the bullies came over and pushed Liu and said, you can't do this or something. Something like he that. Was like, he was like, Jeff... fuck you, little kid. And he just pushed him and Jeff like socked him in the face. Yeah, didn't Jeff do the jump too? And he like soared like eighty miles. Yeah, in the he air. soared like eighty miles in the air. Or That's some right. dumbass shit. Or or the kids fucked up their ramp and then fucked up Leo for trying to stand up for himself. I I remember the bullies also lived like across the street. Yep, yeah, they lived right across. And, the street. And and when the family also moved the in, story... they tried to throw the party so that the 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 neighborhood was invited. So yeah. the bullies showed up to the party. And that's when shit started? That's well, when shit went what? down? Jeff gets scalding hot water in his face or whatever, right? It's. I think it's chemicals. Was it chemicals? I think it's chemicals. I don't think it's... I don't think it's water. Because he, does, he doesn't cut his face till after his face gets fucking No, he gets mutilated. like... He gets like bleach on his face or yeah, something. Yeah, something like something that. Something like that. It's fucking contrived. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> None of this matters. Why are we reading this? <laughs> I yeah. have to... I have to remind myself that we're reading this for a certain reason and then I remember that it's Jeff the fucking killer and I and I zone out. It's yeah, like, no. we read this all already. <laughs> Why do we want to read a 400 page yeah, version like, of the same story? the worst story? part. It's like, we're two hours, now mind you, like a half hour oh, spent I like the talking about anime. But like, I like the reporter part. Oh, not even that though. That was fine. I like a procedural drama. That's fine. But like, Oh god, we're two hours in and we're Let 20... me tell you my story. <laughs> you <laughs> we know? already read 25 pages of 393. I don't think we're gonna read all of it. <laughs> I don't think we're gonna read all of it. Maybe maybe not. But still, it's like you you start the story almost almost the same way. <laughs> Have you learned <sighs> nothing? <laughs> like are you not aware? Yeah, like, at what point does this Are need 300 aware? more like, pages? Like, why, why, why tell the same story? If you thought the original was bullshit, why would your rehash take the same trajectory? I say... Why, why would, why would you have all the same edgelord notes still there? Like, why not make him a more relatable and empathetic character so that when the accident happens, yeah, like you can, you could have you him sit something. and go, "Do you want to know how I got these scars?" <laughs> I'm the Joker, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Fucking awful. I, I don't know. Like, like I have hope. I genuinely have hope that it'll get somewhere new because it has to. Because if we're just comparing page counts, like, it has to go somewhere new. And for the most part, I hope it's just reporter stuff. You know, like, the conversations between that boss 
and and his and his girl. But like at the same time, it's just like I don't know. How far do you think we are in the Jeff the Killer story? Like a quarter? Like we haven't gotten to the party yet. They're probably gonna do something shitty at school. Yeah, like like when when do you think the birthday party is gonna come? Like what page? Yeah, count? no, I'm curious. Like how much fucking padding is in this? Yeah, because like honestly, at this point. The thing that catches me off guard is more so the fact that, like, or it still comes down to this point of, there's, well, what are the 300 other pages in the story for? Because, <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure in reading the original Jeff the Killer story, we're already halfway through it. <laughs> we already introduced the building rage in his body. That's what I was so, trying like, to say. It's like how much how much more can you really talk about this Jeff the Killer thing before you're like I don't I don't know like before you're telling the same fucking story. I mean, unless it's gonna build more so into the whole like creepy pasta of it, then oh okay. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't expect anything supernatural out of this. I don't expect anything. It's they they very clearly stated at the beginning of the story that it's still just a kid who killed his his bully's family. Yeah. You know. Or his, his bully and his family, you know? It's I mean, like, well, they also state that he's, like, wanted across America, even though it <laughs> sounds like he killed five people, so, but like, that, whatever. But that all bleeds into edgelord status. Yeah. Like, they make him they make him badder than bad, when in reality, Dahmer didn't even get that kind of attention, mm-hmm. you know? Like, like I have to compare him to, to, other, to other serial killers I've heard about who had really shitty childhoods, and let me tell you, like, all of them did. Like all of them had share, had terrible childhoods. Like, it, it doesn't it doesn't you know negate any of the awful shit they did. But who the fuck is that? But what's happening in in fucking, uh, in fucking the the Jeff the Killer's life? None of this is like awful. None of this is traumatizing. You know, like I just don't understand <laughs> why live... they would want to tell the same fucking story again. I lived a pretty good life. <laughs> It would be different if, like, the, he had something to lose, you know? Like, like if Liu got, like, put in a fucking wheelchair and then he was, like, on a quest for vengeance, you know? Like, you know, we know killing is not the right option, but at least in a different light, it would make Jeff a more... Who the fuck is empathetic, that? Empathetic bad guy. Who are you pointing I'm sorry. At? Who are you pointing <laughs> Who's at? the sunglasses guy? Oh, that's my, that's my, uh, that's my Asian friend from college. <laughs> Uh, his uh, his name on the show is JJ the Jet Plane. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. Now I know his picture more now because I'm just looking at him like, man, what's who the glass? fuck is that? Yeah, I gave him anime glasses because he's Asian. And that's uh, so. Oh, it's the eyebrows. So fucking. Okay, so two hours and four minutes in. Let's go to an outro. So yeah, yeah. so <laughs> I just I don't get it. I, I really want something new. I crave something new, and what we're doing is just aftertaste. Like, yeah. I'm getting all previous regurgitations of something we did three fucking years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 weird. It's funny. It's funny. I'll, I'll say that I, I enjoy reading it with you because we're not... You and I are both not taking it seriously mm-hmm. at all. <laughs> because, you know, it, the story is demanding it. You know, it's like... If the story was, you know, I like the reporter thing. I think that's a fun angle. I think it's a good um, mise-en-zen, you know, uh, uh, an idea of how to jumpstart the story. Like, yeah. well, let me tell you how I got my scars. <laughs> like, like, okay, that's fun. Let's turn the clocks back. 
let's turn the clocks back. And, um, you know, it's, it's an interesting uh, way, it's an interesting context. But from there, we literally jumped back into the same story, and I just don't, I don't care enough. We're gonna continue it at some point, but don't, don't expect this to be some, some grand series that every episode Terry comes back for. We're reading shitty Jeff the Killer, like, it, no. You, maybe every three times I have you back. You we'll, know, we'll I'm gonna it. state this now. Um, when we finish reading the magnum opus of Jeff the Killer. I want you to find the worst creepy Jeff... I mean, creep... <laughs> Fuck! Troll pasta Jeff the Killer story you could find me. Like, hands down. Like, I want, like, at least a paragraph story. I don't I don't know if they exist because the real story is awful. Yeah. The real story is honestly its own worst enemy in that situation. Oh, yeah, no. This is hands down real, a troll pasta. The original story wasn't written very well. Mm-hmm. It makes the kids, like, overpowered and the adults non-existent. The dialogue is written in, like, slapdash half-sentences. Mm-hmm. It was very, like, urban legendish. It was yeah. like, let me tell you a story about this kid who went nuts. And then he sliced open his face and he said, go to sleep. <laughs> like, and like, he kissed the dude. And he, mm-hmm. Love you. <laughs> so, like, I don't know. If if it exists, I'll try and find it. Listeners, uh, suppliers of, of, of troll pastas in the past or creepy pastas in the past, anyone listening to this, if you know of a creepy pasta, troll pasta, Jeff the Killer shit, uh, send it send it our way so I can I can relieve Terry the Tickler from that from that unfortunate, you know, uh, duty. We did we did read a troll pasta at the end of the original Jeff the Killer, right? That was the like CIA parents one. Yeah, that was the um the Al Qaeda six six six. Yo, and no, they, that was the Jeff the Killer troll pasta because Jeff, Jeff the Killer was there. It was Jeff and Jeff, right? Yes. No, it was Jimmy. Yeah, and Jeff the Killer worked for Al Qaeda or some shit. Oh my god, I think you're right. All right, we've come full circle. Uh, it's been too long. <laughs> I want been, another one, though. It's been I, too long. I want almost a Who is Phone with Jeff the Killer. Oh, great. Great. Glad you brought that up, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be sure to have Terry the Tickler back. We'll read... Um, we'll, we have to finish. We have to do... We have to finish the first chapter. Yeah. So your next episode is finishing this first chapter yep. with me, the other half of it. But... After that, we make no promises. If the story continues to not change at all, I don't give a shit. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. chapter two is what Bertha killer some bullshit. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But anyway, okay. this this has been episode uh, one ninety seven. Thank you so much for listening to our bullshit and listening to our storytelling question mark. And um, thank you, Jamie, for submitting this. I, I had a fun time reading it. I'm sure we'll we'll dive into some more. And uh, thank you, Terry the Tickler, for, for being here. Yeah, you know, uh, name's not Terry the Tickler. It's uh, Little Debbie Snack Cakes. Yeah. <laughs> little Debbie's Mini Bite Muffins. <laughs> you know, that's the name of one of my playlists on Spotify. <laughs> Great. It's just Little Debbie Snack Cakes. <laughs> And the other ones that is Peach Tea Dream Team. Get fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Calling a bunch of baby ducks back from the grave. <laughs> I'm 
I'm not ready for it. Oh, anyway, this this has been lots of pasta. Thank you so much for listening. As always, uh, go to our YouTube, watch our stuff that's up there. Uh, like I said on one of the last episodes, I'm not gonna post more shit until I get more views. So fucking do it. Oh, signing off. This has been Captain Death for Story Time. Lots of pasta, and we'll see you next time. Hello, it's me, a creature from Lagoon that is not white. Away to the days and when the moon is high, little lies with a tie with the lust for life. Oh, unless an army, I won't run into horror, and then we'll look across the land until we stand at the shore. Away to days and when the moon is high, and then our lies with a tie with the lust for life. Oh, unless an army, I won't run into horror, and then we'll look across the land until we stand at the shore.